episode of the Art Exploration Podcast of FIU Student Podcast. Today should be episode 332. And like always, I'm your host, Carlos Felipe, and today I'm joined by George Septian and Sebastian Gallardo. Hi, I'm Sebastian Gallardo. Um, I'm the audio engineer of this group. Hi, hi, I'm George Septian, and I'll be the outreach manager. Cool. So guys, today we're going to be talking about a poem by Tom Stoppard, and... Frankly, I don't really know who he is. Do you guys have any insight on him? Well, I can actually help you with that question, Carly. So basically, uh, Tom Stopper, he was, uh, he was born in, in the Czech uh, Republic back in 1937. And he was basically like a playwright and a screenwriter as well. Uh, he worked like for the like film industries, for radio, uh, and also for the television, you know. And um, basically, like his main themes were about you know, human rights, censorship, a little bit about political freedom. And he was also known about joining like a very like famous uh, movement. It was called the data movement, which it basically, it was like after uh, the first world one, it was, you know, like a movement of very like famous uh, artists that talked about, you know, the negative reaction that the world had caused in the, whole world basically so yeah everything was, was like negative um basically it was more like abstract art it was like a, a like kind of a, a weird form of, of art yeah which was you know caused by the first world war so his poems were centered more around trying to bring people happiness due to like how sad the period was or just adding on to the sadness of the poem it was yeah basically like Kind of adding adding it to, to it because you know like there were like many other uh famous uh, poets that seems because the war caused so much depression they just want to like keep adding into it and also most of the out of the poets that were around around the area they were either you know veterans or they were victims by by the by, by the war so they were not very happy people basically mm-hmm. okay. well let's jump into it i'm gonna start reading the poem now It's called Travesties. Shall I compare thee to a summer's day? Thou art more lovely and more temperate. Rough winds do shake the darling buds of May. And summer's lease hath all too short a day. And and sometimes too hot the eye of heaven shines. And often is his gold complexion dimmed. And every fair from fair sometimes declines. By chance of nature's changing course untrimmed. But thy eternal summer shall not fade, nor lose possessions of that fair thou owest, nor shall death brag thou wanderest into his shade. When in eternal lines to time thou growest, so long as men can breathe or eyes can see, so long lives this and this gives life to thee. And now, according to Stoppard, Sarah came up with another poem. Um, Shake thou thy gold butts, the untrimmed but short fair shade shines. See this lovely hot possession growest. So long by nature's courses. So long heaven and declines. Summer changing more temperate complexion. It's interesting, you know, like how he just like made a poem out of just basically words that were picked out of from a play, you know what I mean? From Shakespeare, actually, not just a random play. So, like, I feel like that's pretty cool how he just did that, you feel me? 
yeah, and also like I see the like like you guys are talking about Shakespeare and words and everything. How do how did this author really you know connected Shakespeare and his works with the works that he created? I mean, like like what like did he use any type of poem that Shakespeare used? Or how was how was what was his inspiration? His inspiration was his inspiration was probably like you said the topic of the World War and how it negatively impacted his and many others' lives, causing him to just write this poem. Yeah. Okay. I feel like just, like, the whole, like, you know, just him trying to, like, I'm not trying to be different, but, like, you know, just trying something new with, like, something that's already old, you feel me? Like, he's taking something that's already old and, like, known and taking it to turning something new so he could, like, Make a new, you know, make a new play, make a new poem with it, really. Yeah. Just trying to do something new with something that's old. I feel like that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, if, if you think about it, that's something very logical because everybody knows Shakespeare. Like, I can, like, go on and talk to my mom and she, she's like, oh, oh, yeah, Shakespeare, you know, the English, the English writer. And I think so that's, some, that's something that he used or he used his phrases because that's something that everybody can relate to it. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's, that, yeah, that's something that, Every, everybody knows and probably that makes uh that made people to understand his poems easier or easier in a, in, a, in 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 a certain way basically so yeah, yeah that, that was pretty knew. smart by it but, oh. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and, in the poem in the paper my bad there was a name by tristam sara and he's also a poet from the time period and he was also a big influence in making the Travesties by um, Tom Stoppard. So the poem that I also read last May was one of his. And you can see the comparisons like due to nature being used multiple times, mm -hmm. declines, summer changing, and words along those lines. Oh, yes. Uh, I feel like that also comes to like, you know, Shakespeare's plays just being really like you know, just about like tragedies and like, you know, that also fits in with like the whole data movement, what I feel like, cause like, you know, I, the data movement, like you said, came after the first world war and like that was considered a tragedy for most of the people because they lost lives, they lost families, you know, trying to defend their country. So I feel like it, it, it's very suitable using someone like Shakespeare who wrote about, you know, tragedies and dramas, you know, it just, it makes sense. I don't know, I feel like that makes sense for a time period like that, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I totally agree with Sebastian, what, what he just said right now. I think that it was a, a, a good connection because if you really think about it, you know, the data movement and, and Shakespeare plays, they're connected in, in, in some way, you know, talking about tragedies or dramas because, uh, well, you know that Shakespeare, that like he has some uh, very, very, very famous uh, works of art that involve, you know, death or basically negative negative and then if, if you connected it with uh what the author wanted to convey on on, on on his works that's a very good relationship that they have because they basically talk about the same thing yeah and uh right now i'm, I'm well I'm, i want to mention like the play that you got this from so the play was from tom stoppard the, the name mm -hmm. travesties and just to give you like a, a background of what it is it's a play that's set in the ninth like 1917 like in that, like it's like it reminisces about you know the first world war basically. Like it's like 
you know, and like back back in those days, and like just talking about like a, a, a certain people, like Tristan Cesara, like he was he's already he's not made up, he's a character, you know, he's a actual poet. That's it, like you know, he's a real life, but it it portrays his his life, I guess, of, of writing the poems and like how he came up with those those you know those poems using that strategy. So I feel like you know, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, Tom Stockton included uh, an actual poem that was um, pretty famous in those days. I'm, I'm guessing. I I really didn't know um, about that one. That was very interesting that you actually brought that yeah. into into the location. That was, that was pretty good. So jumping to another topic, we can all agree that Sarah's poem is art, correct? Uh yeah, I I consider it art. I mean, I feel like any type of work that can like that consists of uh you writing or just showing your emotions or trying to convey what you're like what's in your brain into something that's not physical or like you know what I mean well because art can be physical but I'm saying like if you just putting it out there can be art you know what I mean so I feel like that's what he did and I consider that art uh, yeah yeah totally like even though uh the works of Tom Stoppard it was not created by himself a hundred percent because like as we just uh talked about uh he used uh or Shakespeare's sonnets uh, to basically, you know, um, write down like his poems, but even though uh, like that was not original, he was the one that created that uh, rearranged every single word so that he could convey a message, so that he will send something, so that people could even relate to it, can feel you know represented with it. So he created art. Why? Because there was a uh, a messenger that there was, there was a, a, an audience, and people could feel emotions through it. Exactly. So he rearranged every single thing, every single wire, every single piece, and then he ended up creating a massive work. Yeah. What do you think, Carla? And this entire conversation brings you up to a point that many people use to discredit poetry as a form of art, how some people say that it might not require a lot of skill. In this paper, it shows a small sonnet, a small poem, made by a seven-year-old based on the 18th sonnet of the previous poem we read. And it reads as follows. Death complexion sea declines. Summer's this as rough changing, I course thee. More sometimes not hot lives long fade. Dimid often eternal growest. May nor date, wondrous lines this temperate. Least when eyes too is that his can brag to. This brings a question as if poetry can be done easily by a seventh year, a seven year old, can it really be considered art? Well, even though that you talk about, like you just mentioned a, a, a lot of words about, you know, old English and, uh, and it's kind of hard for us to, uh, to, 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 to get, get it to, let's just ask like question. Did he had, did she had a message to send to the audience? I believe he did. Okay, so uh, just, just by, by doing that, she has like a 75% of what's art. She's sending something to the audience. She wants to, to, to represent, she wants to show off something. So yeah, I believe that if a seven-year-old like was able to do art, I believe that everybody, you know, Tom Stopper, everybody, even us, we're able to do it as long as we have a purpose and we have something to give to the audience and receive some feedback out of it. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with you. Yeah. I feel like, you know, uh, art isn't just, like, limited to just, like, you know, uh, just, like, certain people, like, grown people or, like, people who have experience. I feel like once you, like, because, like, you know, like, there's, there's cases where, like, you know, like, people, like, have kids and their kids, you know, just draw, um, you know, just little, like, scribbles and just, like, finger paints and, you know, all that. And they still consider that very valuable and very precious art. Because, like, you know, it's also, it also comes back to, like, sentimental value. Like, if people see it and they really, like, you know, they have a connection to it, they're, they're going to like it and they're going to consider art. And that's why I feel like also comes into play, like, you having sentimental value to what you feel and see in that art piece, you know what I mean? And I, I 100% feel that, you know, not not because I know that seven-year-old, but, like, I feel like many people are going to be, like, connect to that seven-year-old because they're going to be like, wow, he really did that at that age, so they're going to feel a certain way because of that sentimental value. I don't know if that makes sense, but I feel like sentimental value comes a, a good part into what, considering what art is. Yeah, that, that totally m m makes sense because that really shows the complexities of, of, of art. It's not that everybody can, can do it, but everybody can express something as you, you said. Because, for example, I, I never read that. And, you know, when or like and the first time that I really, you know, took like a glance of it, I said, there's no way that a little kid did that. So, yeah, that actually shocked me. So what do you think about this, Carlos? Like, do you think that that's a way of considering art? Do you think that should be between the boundaries of art? Or you, you think it should be not considered as one? I think art should not be limited by somebody's age, somebody's gender, somebody's life experiences. Anything can be considered art if it has sentimental meaning, like you guys said. And this brings me to um, a study that I saw not too long ago about a chimpanzee who created art. And I believe that it's considered art and it wasn't limited by it being a different species. And it just came across as art to many other people too. Totally, totally, totally. I feel like, you know, um society has a misconception of like art just being something that's like very you know they they consider it to be very perfect you know something that's like has to be done a certain way but i feel like art can be different things like you know for example like abstract art like it's not really something that's um you know clear and what the vision is or like what it's supposed to be but like people still consider it art because they you know they 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 know what the artist is trying to like express or convey with the message that they're just trying to give out. Like Pablo Picasso, for example, like he's a very famous, you know, artist who used a lot of geometric shapes and, you know, just like random um, shapes to figure something or a person. And many people love their art. He's, he's one of the most famous artists in the world. So I feel like, you know, art isn't something that's known to be perfect or try to be perfect. I feel like people have that misconception of what art is. And, you know, uh, I say it's wrong. I don't know. What do you guys think? Oh, yeah. really have to... no, yeah, I'm sorry. sorry, Carlos, you can go. My bad. Or it doesn't really have to be anything out of this world. It can just be a random scribble. For example, I read not too long ago about a snow shovel that is just a randomly bought store shovel. However, it had extreme amounts of meaning behind it, and it had a reason for it to be considered art. So I believe that it can be as abstract as a snow shovel or as direct as just the painting. As long as it has meaning to certain people or it has, or depending on the context of the piece of art, 
it should be considered a piece of art. Totally, guys. I don't. I don't know if you guys have seen something that was like around in the around like YouTube, Facebook, and anything. There was one time that in a, in a, in a museum there was a, a a banana peel on the floor, and then people like like they actually like started believing that it was like a type of art. So yeah, uh, it 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 all come through uh, of the not the real, real realization, but what the audience has to think about it how can they relate it to, to their lives to, to their past uh, experiences or to their current stage right now if i mean like i, I can be a, a anything i could be represented in very many very many many ways like it can be about like a song it can be about i don't know a book it could be a painting it could be even a banana that, that we just talked about so yeah art is, is very complex but it's very beautiful at the same time yeah and yeah, going back to what we were talking about, yeah, that's why I feel like, you know, the the data the data poems are basically a piece of art because it's something that, you know, isn't done as like by the, you know, it's not done like every other poem, like done by the book. It's, you know, it gets like a different, you know, type of piece, like a different type of art and turns it into another type of art. And I feel like that's what makes it special and makes it cool to me personally. It makes it more intriguing and why I consider it a piece of art because it's something that's done that's not done very uh commonly or done by most people because it's something out of the blue you know something out of the box um, yeah I just believe that um what we learned today from the takeaway of this podcast episode is that nearly everything can be art as long as it has good context good purpose and it has a meaning behind it it can be considered art like a random pencil that you find in the street can't be considered art if you don't have any meaning to it, but an artist could submit a pencil as a piece. And if there's a purpose behind it and a meaning, depending on the context, it should be considered a piece of art. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and also like everybody doesn't matter. As, as you said it before, it doesn't matter the age, it doesn't matter the gender, it doesn't matter anything. Everybody can be an, an artist. So why not? Let's yeah. just try to like new things and everything. You know, you know. I mean, you don't know if uh, even one of us could be, you know, a future artist in the in the future. So yeah, we, 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 we'll never know. We'll never know until we try. Yeah. Well, I guess uh, we could wrap it up. Yeah, this yeah. pretty much concludes everything that we said. Yeah. Um. Thank you for coming today, guys. Um. Great episode. Thank you for having us. All right. Thank. You. Have a good one.